Hey ladies, the Beautiful Movement now has their summer box available for pre-sale. This means that you have the chance to sign up before these boxes sell out again. If you have not had the opportunity to get one of these boxes, grab your box today. These boxes are becoming so popular, they're actually selling out. The theme in this box is Walking with Jesus, a box that will help you grow deeper with God this summer. It's the perfect summer starter kit that you don't want to miss. Head on over to www.jointhebeautifulmovement.com to sign up today. Be sure to use the discount code UNCOMMONTEEN, all one word, for 15% off your first box. You can also follow The Beautiful Movement on Instagram at the underscore beautiful underscore movement. Ladies, you don't want to miss this. Welcome to the Uncommon Teen Podcast, the podcast for Christian teen girls. Each week we talk about real life issues that you're facing every day and how to overcome them in a way that stays true to who you are and who God created you to be. I'm your host, Jamie Kirshner, and I am so excited to be here with you today. All right, so now we are in part three of the question series, and this week I really want to dig into the Word of God. I want to talk about how do we know that we can trust God's Word? How do we know it's truth? So more and more today, the Bible is coming under attack, really more than I've ever seen before or even heard. One of the biggest enemies of the Bible right now is the phrase, well, my truth is, or that's not my truth. And what it does is it really takes the word of God and it says, well, I can believe some parts of it because it goes along with my experiences, what I see, but I'm not going to take other parts of the Bible because it doesn't go along with what I'm experiencing. And so that my truth thing is getting a lot of people caught up. So if this is you, this is a phrase that you love. (laughs) So if this is you, this is a phrase that you've used, that you love, you know, I encourage you to listen to podcast episodes 16 and 17 and really listen to what God says about the circumstances around you that you may have gone through or maybe you're currently going through. I know that it will help you tremendously. So how do we know that we can trust the Bible? Besides knowing that the Bible is the best-selling book of all time and has changed more lives than any other book and that so many people bank their lives on the Bible and will even die for it, Let's talk about how we know that we can trust the Bible. First of all, the Bible is not just a book of things that we should do or not do, but it's actually true. I mean, it's really true. These are real people that lived and walked the face of this planet. You know, the story of Noah and the ark and the flood and Samson and his strength. These are true stories in the Bible. So as we go through this, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. I would love to answer them for you. And I may even answer them in an upcoming podcast because you may not be the only one that has that question. Usually if you're asking it, there are a lot of other people who are asking those questions too. So today's episode is going to be a little more apologetic in nature. And I'm going to explain in just a second what that word apologetic actually means. But 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks for the hope that is in you. That word defense in the Greek is actually the same word for the word apologetic. And basically what that means is it's a thoughtful defense of the word of God. Why do you believe what you believe? You know, people, they want to know. And sometimes they'll ask you, what makes you different? What makes you so happy? Why are you so joyful? And you get to explain to them in a thoughtful way, the word of God. It's when we understand why we believe what we believe that it's easy for us to share the good news with those who are around us. 
So over the next couple episodes, we're going to talk about how we can know that we can really trust the Bible. Today, we're going to talk about two ways that we can know. And then next week, we'll talk about a couple more. The first way that we can know that we can trust the Bible is because it is historically accurate. There are three ways that historians test to see if a manuscript is historically accurate or if it's just something that's been made up. The first test is this. Were there any eyewitnesses to what happened? And let me tell you, the Bible is full of eyewitnesses. Actually, about 90 to 95% of the Bible is written from eyewitnesses. Moses actually saw the Red Sea split in two with his very own eyes. Noah actually saw with his very own eyes the earth become completely flooded. These were things that actually happened and they saw with their very own eyes. You know, so many people try to disprove the Bible historically, but usually when they do this, the reasons don't really make sense. For example, they don't believe that Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected. Here are some of the arguments that they claim. Number one, Jesus didn't really die on the cross. When they took him down, they nursed him back to health. This is actually quite wrong (laughs) because when Jesus was on the cross, the Roman soldiers struck his side with a spear. The reason they did this was to make sure that he was actually dead. When they struck him in the side, the Bible tells us that water and blood poured out. And I know that's kind of gross, but it's truth. And it's important to know when water and blood come out of your side, it's a sign that there is a ruptured heart. You can't come back from a ruptured heart. You are dead in that moment. Another thing that they say is, well, the Roman soldiers took Jesus' body off the cross. And I'm not actually sure why this is something they're trying to say, because the Roman soldiers didn't want anybody to think that Jesus raised from the dead. So I'm not sure where this saying would have been a good idea, because if they would have taken Jesus' body and then he was seen later alive, that would have just disproved what they were trying to do. So that doesn't even make sense. So the third one is this, Jesus' disciples took the body. I want you to think about this. Did you know that all of Jesus' disciples, except for John, and we'll get to that in just a minute, but all of his disciples died a horrible, tragic death because of what they believe and spoke about Jesus, about his death and his resurrection? Peter was even hung on a cross upside down when he was killed. Why would they die horrific deaths if it was just a hoax? If it's something that they just did themselves, why would they die for that? Why would they die for something that they know isn't truth? They believed it so strongly that they actually banked their life on it. Now with John, the only reason he didn't die a horrible death was because they couldn't kill John. See, John, they tried to boil him in a massive pot of boiling oil. They took him on a hook, they put him in the oil, they pulled him back out, and not even a hair on his head was singed. They couldn't kill him. So what they did was they ended up exiling him to the island of Patmos, and it was there that God used him to write the book of Revelation. And then the fourth thing that critics try to say about Jesus' resurrection is, in 1 Corinthians 15, it tells us that over 500 people actually saw Jesus alive after his death. So in order to refute this, they said that there must have been some kind of mass hallucination. They didn't actually see him. They were just hallucinating. Well, let me think about this. Over 500 people at different times were all hallucinating about the same thing. I'm not so sure about that. Even Peter wrote in 2 Peter 1.16, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. They saw him with their own eyes. Now, the second way that historians test to see if a manuscript is historically accurate is to see if it was recorded and copied with extreme care. So many people wonder, how do we know if when they copied the Bible that they even copied it correctly? They didn't have copy machines back then. They had to do it by hand. How do we know they did it right? This is something that I think is so fascinating. God actually chose the Hebrew people to copy the Bible. And the reason he did this is because there was a group of Hebrews called the scribes. And these scribes were the most meticulous people who probably have ever walked the face of this planet. When they copied the word of God, they didn't just copy it word for word like we might do. What they did is they would find a line. They would count out the letters, not the words, on that line. And they would find the middle letter. Then they would write letter by letter, one on each side of the middle letter until they got to the very end. And when they were done, if their letters didn't match up or they were even one letter off, it didn't matter how much of that manuscript they had written, they would throw the entire thing out and they would do it again. They were so meticulous. We know that when they copied it, that it was truth. Pretty awesome, huh? And then the last way the historians checked to see if the manuscript was historically accurate was to look at archaeology and confirm it that way. Did you know that they are still finding in dig sites today cities and artifacts that prove the Bible is true? The Hittites were a group of people in the Bible that no one could find any evidence of them ever living. So people would say, see, the Bible's not true because there's no evidence for the Hittites. However, in the early 1900s, guess what they found? they found evidence that the Hittites were real. Of course they did, right? Okay, so not only do we see the Bible is historically accurate, but especially today, I hear this one all the time, the Bible and science contradict each other. But did you know that the Bible is actually scientifically accurate? Okay, so we can all agree that science is always evolving and changing, correct? I mean, all you have to do is look at the phone that you may or may not be holding in your hand. If you could go back and read my middle school science book in 1993, 1995, you would probably laugh at some of the things that it said because we have learned so much about science since then, right? One thing I love about the Bible is that science is actually just now catching up with the Bible. In 1861, the French Academy of Science released a document that stated 51 reasons that the Bible was not true. Did you know that since that time, all 51 of those things that they listed have all been proven wrong? The Bible was right in those areas. The Bible was and still is scientifically true. So I want you to think about this. It's not just what the Bible says that makes it true, but it's what the Bible does not say that makes it true. You may be thinking, what? Okay, so think about this. Back then, when the Bible was written, there were scientific beliefs that were universally true. Even Christians believe them. However, the Bible doesn't talk about those scientific beliefs. Let me give you some examples to help you understand what I'm trying to say here. All right, so here are some popular beliefs that were in the Bible times. The first one, the earth was flat. It wasn't until 1492 when Columbus proved that the earth really was not flat, it was round. However, did you know that 2,600 years ago, way before Columbus ever discovered the earth was round, Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 40, it is he, God, 
who sits above the circle of the earth. That word circle means sphere or globe. The Bible knew that the earth was round way before we knew that the earth was round. Number two, another popular belief at the time was that the earth was held up by something. The Greeks thought it was held up by the Greek god Atlas. The Egyptians thought it was held up by five pillars. Do you want to know what God's word said, though? Thousands of years before we found out that nothing held up the earth. Here's what the book of Job says. And Job is actually the oldest book in the entire Bible. It was written even before Genesis was written. This is what it says in Job 26 verse 7. He, God, stretches out the north over empty spaces. He hangs the earth on nothing. The Bible knew that the earth wasn't held up by anything thousands of years before it was proven. A third popular belief was that the stars could be counted. Both Hipparchus in 1000 BC and Ptolemy 300 years afterwards set out to prove that they could actually count the stars. And they counted them. Wrong. However, thousands of years before they tried counting the stars, Jeremiah knew that the stars could not be counted. Jeremiah 33:22 says, "As the stars of the heavens cannot be numbered, nor the sand of the sea be measured." We can't count the stars. A fourth popular belief that we're going to talk about today has to do with medical science. Hippocrates taught that there were four main fluids in the body. And if these fluids were out of balance, the way to fix that was to do something they called bloodletting, which was getting rid of some of the blood in the body in order to fix it. President George Washington actually underwent three of these bloodletting processes, and it was actually the third time that he went through it that it took his life. What we have found out since then is that if something happens in our body, we actually need more blood, not less blood. That's why we have blood transfusions today. Leviticus 17.11 actually talks about this. It says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And then the last one that I want to talk about real quick is contagious diseases. I won't go into this too much, but the bubonic plague killed about 25% of the population in Europe in the 1300s because they didn't understand the principle of quarantining. We actually didn't even discover quarantining until the 1400s. But did you know that thousands of years before, Leviticus talks about contagious diseases and when to quarantine and when not to quarantine? God knows everything. He was the one that created the foundation of the earth. So we can trust the Bible because we know that's historically accurate. And we can trust the Bible because we know it's scientifically accurate. Next week, we're going to talk about some things that are going to absolutely blow your mind, though, about how we can trust the Bible. But I really just want you to understand that you can trust the word of God and you can bank your life on it. Psalm 12, 6 and 7 says this, the words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of fire, purified seven times. You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. God's word is truth and he will preserve it so that it will not be changed or altered. Our God is good and he really, really does love you. All right, so as we say every single week, I want you to repeat after me. I am beautiful. I am valuable. My beauty and my value, they don't change. Even if someone fails to see how incredible God made me. All right, ladies, 
Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Uncommon Teen Podcast. This is a couple quick announcements real fast. The app should be released a little bit later today. There's a couple of tweaks I need to do to a couple of your freebies, and then it will be released. I'm so excited about this. And then if you are waiting for the app, if you are on an Android device and you still can't find it, I am so sorry. We are still working with Android, and hopefully we will have that up and running soon. But I apologize for the inconvenience. All right, have an incredible week, and we will see you back here next time. Ladies, I hope that this episode helped you today. I hope that you know just how much God really does love you. Now, I want you to repeat after me, and I want you to mean it with all your heart. I am beautiful. I am valuable. My beauty and my value, they don't change. Even if someone fails to see how incredible God made me. All right, ladies, so I have a question for you. What does your summer look like? What is one thing that you are going to do this summer that is going to change your life forever? What are you going to do this summer to help you make friends who love Jesus that will help you grow in your walk with God all while having a blast? If your answer is, well, (laughs) not really a whole lot. Well, I have something just for you that will help you do all of those things. Are you interested? What if you did something this summer that could change your life forever? Ladies, I want to invite you to join me for Uncommon Teen Live 2024 because you are going to do just that. You are going to meet your new besties. You're going to have a blast and grow in your walk with God. So grab your parents, head on over to UncommonTeen.com and grab your tickets today.